on the last episode of Radioactive Spider Pod. Changes, scariness, farting, you know. Stanley's like, let's put a vampire in there. Feels like I'm getting a massage by Wolverine from the inside. Oh, do you ever use a door? I could be your craven. Morbius is totally one of those students that always just gloats about how much they work. For the rest of you snore, I shall leap ahead. And she's just like, we talked about this. You gotta stop it with the vampire stuff, man. Like, you were expecting maybe Bela Lugosi? Local weirdo Michael Morbius was killed today in an unexplained clock tower fire. Not at all. Oh, when will Michael Morbius come back with our cure? <laughs> We've discovered the actual origin story of Tommy Wiseau. Bruce, I finally figured out what I'm mutating into. A real jerk. And then as soon as he sees that his nose is a little piggy, he's like, No, I have to go back! Please! Don't! This guy fucks! (laughs) And as repulsive as it was, I must have more. They actually use the term neogenic nightmare. Oh, he said it! He said it! Oh, shit! Stop! Spider-Man! Don't hurt me! Num, 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 num. And now for the exciting conclusion. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Radioactive Spider Pod. We are the podcast that looks back at all the quips and the whips of the 90s animated Spider-Man TV series. I'm your host for today, the vigilante Vero Taylor, and I play by my rules, but keeping me in check as always are my guys in the chair, the punitive Peter Iskandar. I've always wanted to be the guy in a chair. And the malevolent Kevin McAvoy. I've already got like three computer screens. But before we get into it, check out our social media for screenshots, updates, and all that good stuff. We're at RA Spiderpod on Twitter and at Radioactive Spider Pod on Facebook and the Gram. And all those links are available on our website, RadioactiveSpiderPod.com. So I'm drinking strawberry gin and some cranberry juice. I don't know. And the cranberry juice helps for that UTI I've been uh, nursing. Yeah. I mean, what are you, on your fucking period, if I may quote The Departed? <laughs> no, I said it's a UTI. <laughs> Wash your dicks, kids. Uh, <laughs> Always pee after sex. PSA. Alrighty, I'm having a Lodestar uh, from Laura Brewing Company. Um, yeah, my drink is eyeballed amount of vodka and soda with some squirts of lime juice. That means we have to get through this quickly before Vero's home pores get the better of her. <laughs> <laughs> then the shakes cut click in. No, I'm surprised I haven't fallen asleep halfway through a podcast. We're just so damn entertaining. It's true. No one sleeps through our stuff. Hey, you wake up. That's a free ringtone from Peter. <laughs> All right. Shall we start with the episode? Mm-hmm. All right. All righty. Save up for six manicures and stock up on non-lethal ordinance because we're coming for Neogenic Nightmare Chapter 7. Enter the Punisher. After the Punisher first aired November 4th, 1995, and is written by both Semper Senpai and Carl Potts, an editor for Marvel who worked and wrote on a lot of the earlier Punisher books. The episode is based on The Amazing Spider-Man issues 101, 102, 129, which takes us to Peter's Comic Book Minute. Peter's Comic Book Minute. 
minute everyone's been waiting for. Amazing Spider-Man 129 is actually the introduction of Punisher. Very first comic book appearance. Yeah, and, and also the Jackal, but no one really cares about him. We're not going to get in that whole fucking messed up clone saga. Not yet, anyway. Oh, yeah, it's true. It was uh, written by uh, Jerry Conway and penciled by Gil Kane again, who did uh, issues 101 and 102. The episode really doesn't take much from the comic. In the comic, like Jackal goes and hires Punisher to take out Spider-Man. Everybody apparently thinks that Spider-Man killed the Green Goblin, and Punisher thinks that as well, and that... And because of that, Punisher thinks that Spider-Man needs to pay. Spider-Man and Punisher fight a bit, and then Jackal goes and knocks Spider-Man out, and he falls off the building. So for some reason, Punisher and Jackal think that he's dead, but he's not. And Punisher says he doesn't want to work with Jackal anymore because falling is not an honorable death or some bullshit like that. And uh, and then eventually, um, Jackal goes and kills Punisher's friend, and Spider-Man shows Punisher that the Jackal's actually wrong. Yeah, it was it was okay. Um, doesn't really go too much into the backstory. He doesn't even give him a name. He's just the Punisher. His looks a little bit different, greenish, bluish. Yeah. In, in on TV, I guess you're trying to have a bigger color palette, but he's also got that weird bandana and trench coat. See, I like the bandana. <laughs> it looks very '90s, like ninja. Cheap. Oh yeah, it does. You're right. It's very like Ninja Turtles slash Karate Kid slash Three Ninjas. This guy knows kung fu. This guy fucks. He does a karate chop, but we'll get into that because our episode begins immediately after the last. May investigates Peter's loud, no, and finds only a torn shirt as a six-armed Peter has jumped out the window to avoid getting caught. She finally goes and decides to check on something that happened. Not the yelling, Brock, outside. <laughs> Not the, like, the 50 other fucking times that Peter just made these random fucking noises. He finally caught her when she's, like, not passed out from the booze and oh, yeah. not in the middle of cooking something. <laughs> yeah. So that sweet oh, okay. window of 10 minutes of lucidity in her evenings. Was she playing the uh, Uncle Ben drinking game again? <laughs> oh, I hope not. Or May. She did set three places uh, again, though. Typical. She's kind of getting gaslit by Peter, though. Honestly, May Parker, you're jumping at shadows. What would Peter think if he saw you now? It's him lurking in the bushes. <laughs> all the time, and he's like, no, Aunt May, you didn't see anything at all last night. She just throws open the darkroom door here. Peter, are you developing your pictures? Peter needs one of those lights, you know, that you turn on when you're like, hey, in progress. Yeah, oh, he's trying yeah, to yeah. living off those photos. What if she threw open the door there and he was and he was busy, you know, developing some things? With, is that what uh, you call it, Kevin, when you're in a room alone by yourself? Maybe. This is probably his Jack Shack. Like, he's probably got all the creeper photos that he's taken from all the windows while he's out Spider-Manning and breaking oh the law. <laughs> May finds out and he's just super creepy photos. Why is everything covered in webs? Oh, why is this Mary Jane bent? Oh, my God. <laughs> Has he been taking pictures of shucked <laughs> lambs? Or oh my way! Is this at Coney Island? <laughs> Where the fuck did that dark room come from, though? I think it's his closet because the man only wears one outfit, so he doesn't need a full closet space. I think it's a bathroom. Like I think it's converted bathroom. Yeah, maybe. Oh, he's an ensuite bathroom. Excuse me. Yeah, you know Ben Parker worked fucking hard to provide for his family. Maybe he has the ensuite, and he makes May go to the fucking powder room <laughs> all the time. No, there's an outhouse in the back. You you take in a teenage boy, you damn well give him his own bathroom. Oh, gross, because oh, of the hairs. changes. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Peter's outside on the roof. He looks so cool when he's 
eight-legged now above the roof. Although, a side note, it would have been hilarious if those other arms were just, like, weak and puny and just, like, <laughs> dinky. Or if they were feet. <laughs> he had six legs and then one set of arms. <laughs> he's just like, well, this isn't great. This is so much worse. Oh, yeah, scurrying away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Elsewhere, a group of dystopian cyberpunks have kidnapped a rich guy's daughter. A mysterious figure shows up and beats the hell out of them, frees the prisoner, and makes his escape. The vigilante gets a Skype message from his husky friend about a new assignment, taking down Spider-Man. Since when did uh, Jem and the Holograms uh, kidnap some girl here? Jem is my name! Oh, shit. <laughs> the girl looks like some honky-tonk wannabe. Like, she looks like her dad bought her studio time in, like, Nashville. <laughs> It was one of those, like, booths, like, record your album now. Listen, the music industry needs all the help it can get. Yeah, she's going to be a real redstone cowboy. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's a pretty cool scene here. Uh, the whole thing goes pretty quick, but the Punisher has such a weirdly normal and quiet voice through this entire episode, yeah. and it is one of the few faults, I yeah, think. Yeah, for sure. My pleasure. Yeah, we're used to, like, the gruff and grisly voice. My dead wife. My wife. Punisher and Microchip are played by John Beck and Robert Axelrod, respectively. Mm -hmm. John Beck was big in the 70s and 80s on television, most notably for roles on Dallas and Walker, Texas Ranger. Mm. And this is his only voice acting role to date. Oh, really? Yeah. So I guess it was just him trying it out. Uh, he never did it again. My pleasure. Robert Axelrod is most famous for being Lord Zed on Power Rangers. <sighs> nice. Yeah, but Vero will be happy to know that he does a bunch of voices for anime. And that includes several of the Digimon, including, yep. let me get this right, Armadillomon, yep. Ankylomon. Yep, that's the evolved form. Wizardmon. Oh, Wizardmon, yes. He has sort of a frantic voice when he's being Wizardmon. So Wizardmon gets got. By Myotismon, fun fact. Nobody cares. <laughs> this is for you, Hannah. Shut up, you puny little geek. Okay. <laughs> there it is. Uh, <laughs> so the one kidnapper is just kind of like, <laughs> Big day, you blow me away. It's just great timing. Fucking epic entrance by the Punisher. That was great, yeah. The whole thing with these punks is so weird. Like, I really want to know what's going on. Yeah. Like, they've got so much shit. They've kidnapped somebody's daughter for a million dollars a million bucks never thought i'd meet a woman who was worth that much and then there's like some weird <laughs> sexual relationship going on here too and something about columbia yeah deal with columbia wish i was married to a rich guy you could be baby soon as her old man pays me her ransom especially after that columbian deal is that a proposal what is happening in their lives <laughs> Are these secret masterminds we've never heard of before? It's more interesting than this arm thing that we're dealing with. <laughs> he kicked them all on their bums, which was fun to me. And then he pulls a gun off. He makes one of them go through the floor and then puts a tire around him. Yeah. How do you do that? What the that? hell was that? How bad is that floor? <laughs> Shitty construction. <laughs> well, I guess Punisher can't kill anyone here, eh? Well, he was gonna. Okay, yeah, he was gonna. I couldn't tell when he took out his gun if the punk was immediately terrified of the gun which was kind of weird because they had a bunch kicking around or if it was because punisher finally stepped into the light and he was like oh shit it's the punisher and then he immediately starts cowering no i think it's it's very clearly because he's like oh I've, I've still got a weapon he picks up the chain 
and he expects this guy to be some goody two shoes, and then that's the whole point. Yeah. Like he pulls a gun on him. No, really, I give up. And then what? Get some weasley lawyer? Spend a year or two in prison, and then you're back on the streets again? Sorry, in this war, there's no surrender. Gives him a little speech to show the you know, us, the audience, that he does mean business. Because he doesn't want you to be in the revolving door that is Riker's. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of funny, like, when he, get, he like, jumps back in the van, and uh, he calls up his, as I said, husky friend, Microchip, but they're just calling him Chip in this episode. But he's like, I was wondering when he and I would tangle. I'll make dog meat out of him. It's such a weird way he says everything. It's His diction is just, there's something slightly off about it. Is he doing yeah. a bad Clint Eastwood experience? impression i think he's just being himself like this guy's from the 70s yeah I, I i tried to look up some clips of him and i like found some of him on dallas like, i have no fucking clue what's <laughs> happening on dallas peter racked with pain while dealing with his mutation gets a call from mary jane who insists on coming over to talk things out putting spider-man back on the run arms and all meanwhile in a completely different location Morbius is still feasting on the good people of New York City. Peter's just sort of posing in his room there. Six arms, still a killer bod. I mean, those deltoids, like, it's a whole way down. Yep, he's got them for days. Yeah, he's got six deltoids now for some reason. I mean, he's basically got his Comic-Con outfit picked out already. He's going to go as Goro. Aha! Maybe Machamp. He's in absolute agony here, and in one of the most dire situations of his life, but he still answers the phone for some fucking reason. <laughs> and when it's MJ on the other line, he's still horny as fuck immediately. Like, Who is it? You're in big trouble if you can't guess, Tiger. Mary Jane. <laughs> She's like, oh, it just won't stop. Yellow. <laughs> <laughs> and the blood is rushing away from the arm. That's how you decrease swelling. <laughs> the arms just go limp. Yeah, the arms go <laughs> limp. He can't use them anymore. <laughs> They start to recede. It's the it's the. <laughs> so this scene is actually pretty similar to the one in Amazing Spider-Man 101, where he's talking to Gwen Stacy. He's just like, "Yeah, sorry, I'm I'm leaving town. Can't can't hang out with you." And she's like, just bursts into tears or whatever. Mary Jane handles it a lot better. It sounds like comic Spider-Man has coming up with better excuses off the top of his head. Yeah, that's probably it. Well, I mean, like. TV show Spider-Man probably thinks there's still a chance for him to. Yeah. Oh, to he's still. He's like, no, no, no. Like, don't worry. It's it'll be a fix. It'll be fixed. I just I can't just can't see you right now. But I want to see you soon. This would have been fixed very easily in the days now that we have caller ID. Or you could have just not answered the phone. Mm-hmm. What if he was telling him he won a contest? It's kind of like a bait and switch almost when he's talking to MJ because mm-hmm. she's like buttering him up on the phone. I'm treating you to a nice new romantic film tonight. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. That's why he's like, ah, you know what? I can't. I can't. Like, you know, you had me and you lost me. I don't love the romance movie, but uh, you know what? Pop, promise me tit or better and I'm, I'm in. <laughs> oh. Okay, wait. If the lights are off and he's like lying in bed, but like half of his, like he's hiding two sets of his arms like under the pillows, like she might not mm-hmm. know. And then he's making out with her with the other two. It could work. Pretty sure he still needs to see her at some point in the light. Like this isn't uh, true lies where she just comes in. And just does a fucking striptease oh, yeah. for him. 
I wouldn't mind like a Three's Company style switcheroo a dinner where he has to hide the fact that he's wearing all these arms. I mean, you can just put on a trench yeah. coat because in this fucking world, you can put on a trench coat and nobody notices your weird body. It's true. Thanks, Thanks Doc Ock. Doc Ock, <laughs> Scorpion, Spider-Man and that other one. Yeah. All of those mobsters. Even fucking Punisher. <laughs> he's got a trench coat. Yeah, Punisher has a trench coat too. And Morbius. He's Perfect got a point. duster. It's close enough. Oh, uh, yeah. It's kind of. So Mary Jane goes and says that Coney Island was just last week. Like, I feel like so much more time has passed. Yeah, time flies when you're mutating, I guess. It's probably us. I mean, it's been three episodes, but the last one was kind of more of a two-parter. Happened pretty quick. So I could see it being like, you know, two weeks ago or something like that. Guys, we forgot to mention, this is episode 20. Oh shit, our 20th episode ever. (laughs) What should we do to celebrate? What should we do for to celebrate? Well, we should probably just finish recording episode 20. <laughs> so like I said, across town, it just sort of cuts to Morbius still hurting people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a super short scene, which they do a lot of in this episode. It'll be very long scenes and then shared with very short ones. Right. He shows up at what I have to assume is an Italian restaurant. <laughs> I'm, I'm basing that on context clues because he kills some sort of busboy, let's say, who's taking out the trash. That's a spicy meatball. It is at Mama Egunog's oh restaurant. So I put this into the Max A command and it's Inoyanog. Okay, but it, oh, they also misspell the word restaurant or restaurante because they added, they spelled it with a, a couple extra A's, I think. I don't even know what the fuck they're doing with this restaurant. <laughs> Mama Inoyanog's restaurant. What does that even mean? I, d- I can't even imagine what, what they were going for with that one. Do you think he got unlimited breadsticks with his meal? Yeah, you you get free unlimited uh, salad bar breadsticks and plasma. Yeah. Oh. Come to Mama, I know, yes. No, you know. Making la plasma like in the old country. <laughs> Which country? I don't remember. <laughs> but then he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. He's polite. Yeah, he does feel bad. And that actually does come into play a little bit later. So, like, he's not one of those villains that's immediately thrilled with this change that's occurred to them you know but that's one of the differences between this and the comic like morbius in the comic i'm pretty sure is just like dead and loving it oh (laughs) he's a blood margarita on the weekends spider-man returns to dr crawford to get help for his condition she takes a blood sample and lets him know that he's taking the blame for Morbius' disappearance. Alicia Hardy and Triple J are on the news bashing him, and the Punisher is hunting him, but Spider-Man still rushes off to try and help Morbius when he's spotted by the police. Dr. Crawford was pretty fucking chummy with Spider-Man's hand on her shoulder. Yeah, she went right in for the pot. <laughs> it plays like a terrible bitch. She's just like, oh, Spider-Man, <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. Now I'll just turn around and look at you. And confirm that it is indeed you that are here. Oh, no! Good thing I've gotten used to you sneaking up on me like... <gasps> you know what it reminded me of? It, again, reminded me of Jurassic Park. It reminded me when Ellie, she goes to the power center and she feels Mr. Arnold. It's like, oh, thank God you're here, Mr. Arnold. And it's like, nope, it's just a hand. Did the raptors do that, though? Yes, he did. Yes, they did. Smart. Fucking raptors. I think they're planning a trap. 
They can open doors. It's a Unix system. <laughs> it's a Unix system. Man, Spider-Man is still being quippy, though. Yep. He's a death's door, but he's, you know, he's making jokes about being a swimsuit model. The serum accelerated your mutation instead of retarding it. Think it'll ruin my career as a swimsuit model? He's telling her to pick an arm, any arm. Love yep. it. <laughs> so, Dr. Crawford turns on the TV, and we get uh, our pal John Beard. Yay, John Beard, drink. Geraldo. Yay, I have to finish my drink for John Beard. No, Vero, we've confirmed it's John Beard. Oh. Yeah, we're not doing Geraldo anymore. John Beard's here, and he's interviewing Felicia Hardy. But it's great because the, they introduce her as the victim's girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted her to be like, hey, uh, yeah, so uh, actually, we're just kind of... We're not really boyfriend and girlfriend. Like we're seeing each other, but we're not like seeing each other. Like, <laughs> yeah, like we might. Maybe you know, we're like, not dating anybody cute. else, but like we're not. You know, we're not texting other people. But like, I still have my Tinder account. Like we're not. Like we haven't taken the leap. Like it's fine. Oh, she's so terrible though in this scene. Like I'm sorry. She's like, oh, it was Spider Man. I hate Spider Man. I hate Spider Man for doing this to Michael. I hate him with all my heart and soul. Yeah. Like, fucking relax. How many times does Spider-Man save this girl? That's a good point. Um, several, yeah. <laughs> I think. And uh, it cuts from her to Triple J, who's going full fucking soapbox. Yeah. <laughs> Lock your windows, mm. like, batter your doors. Hide your kids, hide your wife. But you know what, guys? We finally got some of Jonah again. It's been a while. I know. Yeah, we needed him. And uh, cue the jingle. It's all gonna be okay. Yo, triple, J. Triple, triple J. Triple J. Yeah. Like I said, Vero, let me do the jingles. Sorry. All right, you work on that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's all gonna be okay, cause we got some triple J. He kind of pauses what he's saying on live TV in a way that you would if you were talking to your grandma on the phone. <laughs> Barricade your doors. What? One moment, please. What the fuck is that? You can't do that. You're on live TV. You have to keep talking. Yeah, but he owns the network. That's fair. But he still has to entertain people. Uh, everybody, including Felicia, thinks that Morbius is Spider-Man because across the street he shows up from the hospital. Like, I guess they're just blind idiots. <laughs> like, her reasoning is, who else could climb a building like that? Uh, uh, half the fucking MCU could climb a building Felicia, like that. Felicia, you were kidnapped by a man with four robotic arms who climbed up your building. Four robotic arms? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought for a minute, though, that Jonah was going to go and give out another million-dollar bounty. It's a million-dollar bonus. <gasps> oh, he should have been two-million-dollar bounty. It just keeps going up. It makes sense that he's super into it, too, because he was super into it before because he has a relationship with the Hardy mm -hmm. fan. Plus, he gets to yell about Spider-Man, so. <laughs> kind of ends this whole scene with Spider-Man rushing off to help Morbius. And at first, I was kind of pissy that he does that because, you know, he's in no condition to do so. But I do think it ties in pretty well with the previous episodes to say that he would go like that because even... If it is sort of dumb, it makes sense in context with the show, like with everything that happened in the last episode with Morbius, with how personally you saw him taking it. Yeah, like he he feels personally responsible for whatever torture Morbius is currently experiencing, and he would put himself second to this. And, you know, science takes time. He's not going to sit around. Like, you know how long it takes to centrifuge? Ugh, the worst. Punisher's going and talking with uh, Micro. 
You mean Chip? <laughs> yes, I mean Chip. I mean Micro Chip if we want to be formal. Call me Micro. Mr. Chip was my father. <laughs> <laughs> he goes and makes a point to say to use non-lethal weapons. And Punisher is just like, all right, fine. We'll do it your way. When the fuck does Pen- Punisher go and say, yeah, we'll do it your way? Like, the the character's not... I don't know. He's. I guess he's not made for a kid's cartoon, you know? No, he certainly yeah. isn't. But I I mean, in this context, the whole mission was chosen by Micro for him, probably with the express purpose of trying to redeem him in the eyes of the law. That's what they keep yeah, saying. That's true. Oh, it'll do a lot for you if you can do this without, you know, murdering a lot of people. Yeah, but they don't really even make it in this episode, at least. They don't really make it like a priority for Punisher to redeem himself. He's just kind of like. I go and punish the people who prey on the innocent. Well, he says it himself. He doesn't care about that. All he cares about is hurting slime bags. That doesn't matter to me. All I care about is stopping the slime bags who prey on innocent lives. Yeah, I want to know how many times they say uh, lethal in this fucking episode. Non-lethal, lethal. Um, I'm not sure where this is in the episode. I think it's in this scene. But have you guys noticed that there's a trend of characters saying, What do you know? Yeah. What do you know? You're right. Well, what do you know? Well, what do you know? What do you know? Yeah, there's Spider-Man who says it, Wolverine says it, and Punisher says it in this episode. If that were true, there would be a super cut of that happening right now. Good fucking luck, Kevin. What do you know? At Manhattan Hospital, Morbius is creeping Felicia from across the streets while the cops arrive on the scene. Spider-Man shows up as well, and after a brief tussle and a mediocre performance, Morbius gets away. Enter the Punisher, who shows up to try and take down Spider-Man with his cornucopia of gadgets, leaving Spidey battered and struggling to escape. Ah, he said it! He said it! Yeah, I (laughs) did it. He did it! That's why I need to be Superman (laughs) 4. Quest for peace. (laughs) (laughs) I don't go... Oh, that's what they called it that. (laughs) Morbius sees a six-armed Spider-Man. And he's like, hey, I know I'm draining people's blood with my palms, but uh, let's take a second and focus on you. You okay, man? <laughs> you! What has happened to you? He's genuinely concerned. He's like, ooh, that's probably not good. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, Morbius goes for his classic bear hug move. And I think that's because in his country, they wrestle bears. And that's the only thing <laughs> that he knows how to do. It's <laughs> just to go at it. As a feat of strength. Greco-Roman. No. In his, in his country, that is a greeting. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually like, Spider-Man, I haven't seen you in months. <laughs> Just, oh. no. This is how I take down the tortoises. <laughs> <laughs> so here Spider-Man goes to try and shoot web from one of his arms without a web shooter. Uh, they actually kind of bring that up in the comic uh, but in a different context where he's trying to web sling, but because he has six arms, he has like no balance. His all his balance is all off. He doesn't know what to do with his other arms and eventually he gets used to it. I think that would have been cool to bring up in this as well, but at least they kind of mentioned that he's not used to having six arms, right? Yeah, it, it was really just kind of a throwaway, yeah. but at least they kind of mentioned it. I, I appreciated mm-hmm. that. The fight is so short and... Spider-Man immediately kind of gets just thrown off the building and they hit him with the spotlight from the ground. And John Beard's reaction is fantastic. He's turned into a freak. Good fucking God. You guys see it? Everybody get the tomatoes. He's got six dicks. (laughs) 
Like he's so excited about it. That's headline news. <laughs> so Lieutenant Lee is back. Yeah. I haven't seen her since the fucking Mysterio episode. Yeah, she hasn't been around for a while, and I missed her. It's nice having the competent cop. Lieutenant Lee, he's up there. What are you waiting for? Hit the lights! Well, Spider-Man, he just gets out of the spotlight, kind of pisses off. Can't sing, can't dance. Time to get out of the spotlight. He's trying to give chase to Morbius, I assume, is what's sort of happening Mm -hmm. here. Uh, Even though I don't think he really has a chance of keeping up with him in his current condition. So it cuts over to the Punisher, who is making his journal entry. And it's kind of an interesting little thing about his journal. And this is bordering on Gavin's obsession with numbers and dates and time. But uh, he says, For journal entry 1195.3. I was kind of thinking about Star Trek when, you know, he says it like that. But if you assume that the format he's using here, for whatever reason, is month, month, year, year, decimal, day, that means he is referring to 8.30 p.m. on November 3rd of 1995. This episode aired November 4th, 1995. Oh! Meaning that the events taking place in this episode would have been the night before it was airing. It's like we are witnessing last night's news. No, no, it's pretty great. The fucking pose that Punisher goes and has when uh, Spider-Man's slinging away and then, like, enter the Punisher is just this fucking epic, like, stance on a rooftop and his bandana swinging, you know, just. That's why they brought it in the bandana for that shot. I wanted to fucking snap a Slim Jim. I wanted to fucking drink a like shotgun (laughs) a beer. Just like it's the most one of the most manly poses I've ever seen. It's only ruined by his stupid goggles. <laughs> yeah. This whole episode is like goggle central. But you know what? I don't remember a fucking Punisher having so many gadgets. I was really wondering about the exact same thing. I, I kind of feel like this might be a um, toy making decision. Oh, you because know, you could put him in the rocket you suit. Get, you sell the, the yeah. Punisher. Yeah. You sell him with all of his, his accoutrement. His battle van. His battle van. His battle van. His net gun. And the really nerdy kids would also buy the microchip character. (laughs) (laughs) With, like, he's got, like, with lumbar support (laughs) and action Cheetos. (laughs) Microchip applies his arm brace to combat his repetitive strain disorders. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Microchip opens another bag of Doritos, sold separately. It's going to be a long He's night. Those, you, you can, if you squirt a little water on his face, you see an orange like mustache show up from the Doritos. making <laughs> color changes. Oh, God. Microchip's working hard. Color changing Cheeto fingers. <laughs> Spider-Man is dealing with Morbius. He's recognizing that, yeah, he's in no real condition to deal with him or anything. And then he immediately runs into the Punisher. So he's kind of got the upper hand here. Spider-Man's still going quippy with it, though. <laughs> First thing he does, makes fun of the guy, other guy's costume. That's a, that's a go-to Spider-Man move. Yep. Don't tell me. The skull, the corny line, well, your name must be Bonehead, right? But he makes such a good quip. Like, it's such a good name for Punisher. Mm-hmm. Immediately kind of is one-upped for his, you know, being so <laughs> flippant about the situation by getting shot with a gun. Oh, my God. Non-lethal, though. 
Yeah, it's one of those force field guns, but it's not it's not as blue as the one that took down Beast, but it's of a similar variety. But it's another fucking laser net. Oh, it's definitely an electric rope. I know like a lot like obviously it's laser guns because of the censorship, um, but when it comes to like ropes and stuff, like there's a laser rope here. There's a laser net with beast, a laser rope with beast again. But then later, like you see the policeman climbing down with ropes and then you actually see Punisher capturing Spider-Man in an actual net. Yeah. And how's that work out for him? And like also, why couldn't he just use a regular taser? Like, why can't they use a taser wires instead of electric rope wires? They're trying to be futuristic, maybe. Yeah, it's kind of fun, and it's something different. Well, because of the battle van that drives itself. The battle van? Fucking Elon Musk saw this when he was a kid. He was just like, self-driving cars. It's brilliant. Battle van. God damn, he says battle van so many times, and it's battle van. Battle van. Battle van. Battle van. Battle van. Battle van. Uh, the, the Punisher tags Spider-Man with a little tracking device, which I guess stays on him for the entire episode. And how did he not notice that? Yeah, that's... That's weird. You would think, but he's got a lot on his mind. It allows him to shoot a flare up and highlight him in the sky, which is nice. It's 830. It's <laughs> not like it's midnight, but cool. We'll do some flares. Uh, give Spider-Man a chance to drop another quip here. Seems like this guy wants to light up my life Ugh, out of web fluid. Uh, and then, of course, he is out of web fluid. It's been a while since we've seen that, though. Big sips on that one. I thought maybe he should start tinting his web fluid like Kleenex boxes, where like once it starts changing color, you know you're low. What Kleenex are you getting? I think you're thinking of Puffs Plus. So uh, Punisher, after the flare, decides to release the super silicon projector from the battle van. And is that from his personal weekend stash is he just shooting a bunch of ky at spider-man just trying to get him to slip off he's all lubed up battle van pantrick super silicon projector key on my signal and launch ky it, <laughs> it sounds like it is lube the way he's describing yeah. it like a super silicon solution but the sound it makes is very much like a tidal wave of lube <laughs> It's a tidal wave of lube gun. That's just so slippery. <laughs> Battle van, you used my girlfriend projectile. That's not the right one. <laughs> <laughs> you should always use water-based lubricants. You should PSA. A PSA for the listeners out there. Punisher likes to live dangerously. That's why he uses the silicon-based ones. Maybe he's a lambskin guy. <laughs> Punisher's al allergic to latex. That's the secret. <laughs> Punisher raw dogs it. Come on. Oh, yeah. He's got nothing else to live for. <laughs> exactly. His wife's dead. My wife. <laughs> My dead wife. That washes the spider out. He, he falls down <laughs> the building. Jesus Christ, Kevin. Um, he's racked in pain. Yep. Thank you. And uh, it's kind of temporarily broken up because a helicopter shows up from J3 Communications. Our... Favorite helicopter pilot, the pervy one, is back. He's got a different voice again, but it's him for sure. Now it's like a cool hip surfer voice. Yeah, it really doesn't fit the character model. J3 Eagle to ground. They've spotted unknown figure with Spider-Man. Can you identify? Over. So the police and the media get involved in the action, which gives Spider-Man an edge and gives us some backstory for the Punisher. And after Spider-Man turns the tables and makes his exit, Punisher vows to take him out with lethal force. 
narrowly making an escape of his own from the encroaching law enforcement officers. So did the Daily Bugle already have this footage of Punisher, which didn't even happen I mean, yet? I think they got it from the introduction. Yeah, like they didn't even happen in the episode, the footage that they have. Yeah, no, it doesn't seem to come from that. Maybe it's the next episode. I don't, I don't know. know. It's very yeah. weird. <laughs> more gadgets, more battle van commands. Battle van. Battle van. He never stops saying battle van. Battle van. Will I ever be happy? <laughs> It just shoots out a sign that says no. <laughs> it's a magic eight ball version. <laughs> he just shakes it. Punisher goes and shoots that missile, which I assume the only reason he did that was because it has the fins that cut the web. But then the missile still goes off. It's a stinger yeah. missile. Does it not explode? And that's where the lethal non-lethal came in because he just wanted the yeah. blades. But like, doesn't he have like a, he strikes me as a man that has some sort of like buzzsaw gun. Buzzsaw gun? Well, he has everything else. I don't well, see why not. I mean, Obgoblin had one, so. Yeah. He ends up going and capturing Spider-Man in an actual net this time. Like he, he nets Spider-Man up. He starts reeling him in with his elaborately huge reel. Uh, and Spidey is only just barely able to tear through it with the power of six arms. About time these extra arms came in handy for something. All this time, though, like everyone's trying to figure out who the fuck the Punisher is. So it's the, it's kind of neat because it's like Terry Lee's describing him uh, over the radio to the police dispatch, trying to figure it out. She's dealing with the incompetence of every other police officer. That's right, I set a skull on his chest. No, no, it's not a tattoo. The skull's on his shirt. Oh, yeah, four arms. Oh, yeah, a skull for a shirt. Okay. Triple J is pulling it from the archives, so he's talking to Robbie, and uh, they're the ones who give us the actual backstory. Jonah, your mystery man? His name's Frank Castle. He's a self-styled vigilante, calls himself the Punisher. He's wanted by the FBI, and even the CIA want him for questioning in the disappearances of various crime figures. And then you see his dead his dead wife. My dead wife. And it's a beautiful family photo, the two blonde children. But if Game of Thrones taught me anything, is that that's probably not his son, because, you know, the blonde hair business. Triple J is like, ah, oh, he's fighting Spider-Man. Maybe we could make him into a hero. Like, you hate vigilantes, you dick. Yeah, right. I guess because he's showing his face. That's his that's his big trigger in this series is, is people who wear masks. But still, didn't he learn anything from the Scorpion? <laughs> Did anybody learn anything from Matt Gargan? I don't think so. Robbie qu pretty quickly chastises him. He's like, he's known to use lethal force. Like they kind of sneak in the whole thing here about why vigilantism and like potentially even any kind of punitive killing is inherently dangerous because if you mess up, and you hurt and kill somebody who is innocent, you've completely invalidated yourself as a moral authority to dispense justice. I mean, hey, jetpacks. He's shooting around on a jetpack now. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Does Punisher ever have jetpacks? I guess so. That 3D rendering of him taking off in the jetpack, and the jetpack's, like, kind of sexy. He just sort of wears it with pride. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a powerful chest piece. It looks good on him. He's working that jetpack. Um, Okay. His toes are pointed, too, for maximum aerodynamics. <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man's, like, dangles from the copter, gets shot down, he gets uh, put in, the, in, in this net, he breaks free, uh, he's about to get away, he gets, like, glued to the wall, and Punisher gets a little too gloaty about yeah. that, so Spider-Man's able to rip free and, and kind of throw him aside and, and web him up, turn the tables, as I said. Um, he, gives him, he gives him a power hug that, thing. like, turns off the jetpack. Yeah, he, like, I think he's kind of crushing it. He's got 
six arms and he's still super strong. So I don't think strength is really his problem here. I think it's just pain. Oh, that's a good point, because initially I was like, oh, I wish he would have webbed them up like he did the widow to show like he knows how to deal with jetpacks. But the six arms makes a lot more sense. He gets threatened by the Punisher. He's like, oh, I'm going to use lethal force next time. You watch it, you. <laughs> Spider-Man's such a glib dickhead about it. Ooh, I'm so scared I may start biting my fingernails. And man, have I got fingernails. They have some great expression with all six arms. They do a good job of that in this episode for the most part. It's pretty great. They don't phone in the animation of his extra arms. I fully agree with that. And it would have been really easy to just have them be limp. When he grabs the Punisher, he's like using some of those arms to brace him against the wall. Yeah. And then using his like web, his normal arms to do other stuff. Yeah. Flipping him off. I wanted a six arm flip off. I think you said the same thing. Just like, <laughs> See you, nerd. Yeah. That would have been great. Yeah, just fucking six birds coming at you. You can't turn that away. <laughs> I believe you call that a flock at that point. Absolutely. And then all the cops are like scaling down the wall coming after the Punisher and he uses a laser from the battle van to <laughs> cut himself loose. I'm surprised like because for the first time ever, fucking Punisher doesn't have a knife on him. I think he just can't reach it. Yeah, he's pretty trapped, but you're right. You think you would have had this giant ass knife with him? It's probably like a boot knife or something. Well, still, like, he's the fucking Punisher. He's got a knife, like, between his cheeks. Between his butt cheeks. That's where the sh- that's nature's sheath. <laughs> Once he's free, he tries to escape using his jetpack, but it misfires. But all I gotta say to the Punisher is, don't worry, Punisher. It happens to every guy every now and again. It's okay. Uh-oh. It's not a problem. You know what, Kevin? It's okay. Don't let Vero bring you down. (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man is falling over from pain, but finds strength in telling his origin story again for some reason. He returns home, where Aunt May and MJ are worrying loudly about him, and he uses the tape recorder and his sophisticated home computer to try to puzzle out the location of Michael Morbius. What bugs me about this reuse of the origin story is that this would have had so much more weight in the episode with the Insidious Six. Like, again, I get this. These shows aired like a year apart from the first time they kind of walked you through it with Mysterio to the second season. People jumped in, new fans joined, whatever. But like, it actually would have held so much more weight when Aunt May was captured. Captured in a battle van? (laughs) (laughs) Battle battle van is bleeding in. Because he was like, regardless if I have my powers or not, I have to save this woman. The last time I didn't do anything, I lost one of the people I care about. Like That would have been way sicker instead of like, oh, the guy who stole my girlfriend kind of got mutated because he cheated. Okay, cool. Well, it was also his blood that That caused him. That he broke into his locker because he was cheating. Yeah, I think ultimately it's not a very useful retelling of his origin story here, and they, they burn a full minute on it. It's it's pretty much exactly the same. But I do have one interesting fact about the whole origin story bit on the show. When it cuts to Queens and Spider-Man's in his, you know, he's, he's in the house, he's talking to the police. The police were at Aunt May's. Bad news, son. A crook had broken in. The, that cop who's speaking to him is voiced by Bob Richardson. And if that sounds vaguely familiar, it's because he's the director and supervising producer for the series. So you see his name in the credits oh, all yeah. the time. It's oh, just sort nice of a, cameo. It was a quick little throwaway. They right. like just had him do it. So I think that's the only time he's on the show, too. 
But wasn't that a different line than the first time we saw this? 100% sure. I guess we can go back and look, um, but it's very similar. We've got uh, Aunt May and Mary Jane cuddling it up on the couch here, which is uncomfortable. I would have liked Peter to sort of lean in when he says he feels like a heel and that they're like upset about it. And they're just tearing a strip into him because he's not in the room anymore. They're just like, you know, I really would like it if he called me more often. Oh my gosh, I know. He is out all hours of the night. Yeah, what a piece of shit, nephew. I feed him. And then we get a little May-December relationship. (laughs) (laughs) So Spider-Man goes upstairs and he's like, ah, I gotta do this quietly because, you know, two people are downstairs and they don't know who where I am or what I'm doing. And immediately starts playing the tape recorder on full blast. I'll have to do this quietly. You're a man. You would have thought he would have put on headphones or something, but no. I know, right? It just starts playing yeah. fucking like Pantera or some <laughs> fucking shit. It's like. Oh, okay. Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. So Spider Man decides to use the tape recorder to figure out where Morbius has been based on the sound profiles, and he's just fast-forwarding aimlessly, like, forward and backwards, trying to figure out, you know, exact moments in time. And I'm just picturing him, like, fast-forwarding to, like, Day five, I seem to have lost control of my bowels. I am just in constant state of, oh, and he just, like, keeps fast-forwarding it. (laughs) And then, like, day ten, it's near constant now. And, ah, what the fuck? (laughs) Jesus. I I really enjoy the fact that Spider-Man is doing this logically. Okay, I've pinpointed some other sounds, estimated Morbius' gliding speed, and extrapolated the distance he flew. Well, math whiz, here goes nothing. He's using math and science and his sophisticated technology. I don't know, Peter, what kind of operating system Spider-Man's up to here? You know what, Kevin? I am proud to say he's using fucking Windows 3.1. Ooh, a classic. For all the people who were not born yet, who are listening to this podcast, before Windows 95, there was Windows 3.1, and it looked exactly like that. And you know what? I'm proud of the animators, because this one was pretty accurate. It's like a static screenshot, but brought back the feels. He's got a sweet mouse, old-timey, one-button-looking mouse, which is cool, and... uh... He prints stuff off on his computer, which has got the integrated printer, which is real good, too. Whatever operating system he is using, I guess it's probably three point. He's got a very sophisticated mapping software. Oh, yeah, I wrote that down. I'm just like, um, is he using fucking MapQuest or like considering the time and period? Was he using Encarta maps? Encarta World Atlas? Microsoft Encarta? Oh, obviously, obviously. Uh, I had so Encarta. many Encartas. <laughs> so no dangerous creatures, but it was right out there. Punisher is still tracking Spider-Man, but Spidey is on the move, using his science and assumptions to try and track Morbius. He locates noises in the background of Morbius' audio log, a music store, a fountain, and the bats from a clock tower. I actually was kind of nervous. I'm I rewatching this episode. I was kind of nervous that Punisher was able to zero in the fact that it's this residential neighborhood in Queens. And if all the houses didn't necessarily look the same, he could have just figured out 
Spider-Man's secret identity. Like, could you imagine if the Punisher rang the doorbell and Aunt May's like staring at this skull-chested is Spider-Man here? <laughs> like, yeah, it was close. Although the Punisher's journaling system is now completely off the rails. Like last time, I was like, okay, maybe this is how it works, but. His records now are 1994.3 and then 1958.4. Like a few minutes later, I, I, the numbers, the number of numbers and it doesn't make any fucking sense. I got no clue. Which sucks because it actually would have been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And he keeps saying 1990s. So it makes me think it's that's what they're doing here. But I don't know. Fuck you, Punisher. Figure it out. I do like his little barb, though. Like Spider-Man is stationary in residential Queens neighborhood. Soon he'll be permanently stationary. Not bad. Boom. I was hoping to see him, like, take a shit. <laughs> like, they do that in movies a lot when they're like, oh, they're home alone. They're not moving. What are they doing? And then it's just something, like, weirdly embarrassing. They pan to the person being tracked. <laughs> you wanted to see them animating him taking a shit? That's what you're saying? No, but like it would have been funny. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, got him. Spider-Man's holding all this stuff in his hands when he exits through the window to uh, go hunt down Morbius. And it's another instance of them using his extra arms kind of properly. Like he's He's got like three or four objects in his hands and uh, he's got them distributed among all of his extra hands. Kind of cool. They even do that at the very beginning of the episode when he's talking to MJ. His other hand is the one that turns off the light. And it's like even early on, they really wanted to drive home. They're like, yes, like he can control them. This whole kind of vignette feels a little bit like a mission from a video game to me, specifically the Spider-Man video game that came out not too long ago, where you're like, OK, I got to figure out these clues. And then one clue leads to the next clue. And you got to track all this stuff down on your list. If I may be specific, it reminds me of the one where the photos, like you have to chase the photos. Yeah, I think it works cool like that in a video game, but honestly, like it didn't really work for me in this uh, episode. No? Why not? Well, I think it's the whole thing with like the, the record store that he encounters. And it's like, oh, this is the record store. Sure. You know, like the music playing at a record store isn't always the same all the time, right? No, it's true. I don't know. It just it just was it was just kind of like, oh, and here's a random thing. Uh, I mean, it's it's the problem is it's super quick and they could have built it up a little bit more if, say, they hadn't have spent a minute doing his backstory again for no reason. But they kind of mention it uh, very quickly and just kind of gloss over it earlier because he says uh, he calls himself a math whiz and indicates that he was using assumptions based on uh, Morbius's flight speed and the locations where he battled him. And so he's using that to be like, okay, there's this much tape, and then there's this sound, and it's about this distance from this place, which is why he starts going in circles, because he's like, he got about this far, and then he heard this sound. And then he got about this far, and then he heard that sound. That's how he's tracking him. And it also speaks to sort of predators having a specific, like, territory. So it does make sense, but, like, you have to really think about it, and it could have been explained better. If they kind of budgeted their time a little bit better. I don't think it works because we didn't know that that stuff was still recording before. Yeah, that's a little bit suspect. Like, why would he be recording mm. all the time? Like, that's just a waste of tape. He's not made of money. He's in grad school. Boom. Ain't it the truth? You know, at least it was an interesting way of doing it. And he didn't just go like, oh, I found a clue and uh, I went straight there. 
Figuring that out drove me batty. Spider-Man confronts Morbius, who immediately attacks him, and a return blow sends Dr. Acula crashing into the neorealist recuperator. Morbius had been trying to fix himself, and he angrily flies off, but before Spider-Man can follow, the Punisher attacks once again, blowing up the clock tower. Dr. Acula. I guess it should be Master of Science Acula. That's right, he turned a phrase. Finally, we get to see those old-timey uh, goggles on Morbius that I, that I had remembered. And they are just as lame as I had expected. He looks so weird wearing the goggles with his pig nose. Nerd! There's so many people wearing goggles this episode. What's with that? I don't know, it was all the rage in the 90s, the whole steampunk movement. <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> just because you weren't part of it, Kevin. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Morbius is working to cure himself here. And uh, Spider-Man says he's going to help him. And Morbius's response to that is to jump on him like an idiot. And when Spider-Man's offering him help in a very calm manner, he's like, How did you find me? Well, let's say figuring that out drove me batty. Now I'm going to take you where you can get help. No, I'm not ready. Because uh, in his country, when someone goes, I will take you somewhere to get help, it means the sanitarium or a nunnery. <laughs> yeah, probably not. He's like so obsessed with curing himself, and I can just see him being so mad about the way he looks. I've decided now that Morbius is super vain. That's what we got from the first episode. He was super pumped about all of his powers, which, fair enough, I would be too. And then he sees his face. It's a complete deal breaker. <laughs> yeah. Felicia will never touch me now. <laughs> so greasy and white. I have to get back to being greasy and white. This is too white. Not nearly greasy. The thing that's different between this version of Morbius and the comic book version of Morbius is that Morbius is deformed with the upright nose thing before he transforms into Morbius. And the whole point of the experiment that transforms him into Morbius is to basically kill himself. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty dark. Doesn't he have like a blood condition? He has some disease, but like... It's incurable, and this experiment is to basically kill himself. Yeah, the fight here is a little bit lackluster. It gets kind of creepy because I I think it's because Spider-Man's arms are exposed now, and that always worried me. Like I can remember a future episode where he drains Spider-Man's blood from his exposed arm. I think he has to rip off the, the costume to do it, but just having exposed skin around the vampire who right. sucks things from his hands. Because you can feel them moving. Ugh, he's trying to get those suckers on you. Morbius just fucks off, mm -hmm. flies away, and conveniently, that's exactly what the Punisher is lobbing grenades up into this bell tower, <laughs> which nearly kills Spider-Man. Yeah, like he demolishes that fucking tower. Well, he demolishes something. They, it's a very egregious use of, of of animation here, and one of the worst I've seen because it's pilfered almost exclusively from the second Hobgoblin episode, where that secret entrance to Fisk HQ is blown up, and so it looks nothing like a bell tower or even a campus setting like it it flashes over to that when they're when they're showing the explosions and it, it looks nothing like the scene and it it's a little bit of a bummer because it, it did take me out of it well that's just it it's like terrible use of it because he's clearly trying to blow up the building not the bonehead again not now they're just lobbing grenades at him and just 
blowing the shit out of everything. Like, fuck you, ESU, and all of your grants. Like, <laughs> like Morbius is going to be out of his whole problem, and then I'm like, actually, we've canceled the grant because we have to rebuild this fucking bell tower now. And for some reason, all of our super expensive equipment was moved up there by someone. <laughs> it's the same laboratory as before, right? Yeah, that's all the shit he stole from, like, Dr. Connor's lab was in there when he blew it up. So... Fuck us, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, turns out we have no contest anymore, so... Yeah. Morbius, yeah, you can you go can home You can go now. home, home, actually, thank you. <laughs> Give our regards to measles or whatever your problem is. Oh, no! <laughs> Their problem is now our problem. Well, it's Spider-Man's problem now because the bow on this episode has Spider-Man getting sniped by a rocket and crashing into a warehouse. The Punisher moves in for the kill, but Spider-Man succumbs to his mutation and transforms into something that's no longer human. The shot of um, Peter once he lands in all the crates is just this like beautiful artistic renaissance painting <laughs> Of, of him on the it's so beautiful just oh but they they hung on it for such a long time i thought that the episode was going to actually end there i wonder if it's something to do with the fact that maybe the injury the damage that he he takes kind of takes the last of his strength from him and that's he needed that strength to kind of resist the change oh yeah yeah that's a good point so yeah. he's like limping around in this warehouse and the Punisher goes in there, and he's very overt about the fact that he's going to kill him. Come on out, and I'll make it quick and clean. Jeez, while brandishing a gun. Oh, yeah. Well, he says he's using lethal ordnance now. So Peter is able to sort of roll himself out of his crates and hides behind uh, a whole pile of them and then starts not his pained moans, but more of like a sexy sort of uh <laughs> from behind the corner. <sighs> and then he turns he starts mutating and turning into a monster. <laughs> I was like, where are you going with this? Yeah, I just liked it. I don't know. Honestly, this whole bit here is so good. And it's probably one of the best cliffhangers of the series. I loved it. And the first time I watched this episode in order to review it again just because i had watched this scene i was fucking loving this episode it has its flaws but like i rated it way higher than i think it deserved originally i'm like perfect episode based purely on this end <laughs> of it because it's so good oh for sure for sure this stuck out a hundred percent in my brain the monstrosity that he becomes i love when the flashlight it was flying, and he gets backlit like it's classic horror movie. Well, even Punisher's face when he's like backing away is pretty good. Like it's quite expressive. Like he's seen it all. He's seen his family die in front of him, and he's never seen this shit before. And he like you you, you look at his face you're like oh he knows he's in over his head. Battle van, get me out of here. <laughs> Battle van, read my will. <laughs> Battle van, tell Chip he was right. <laughs> tell my family I love them. Well, to our horror, it's the end of the episode, which means it's time for our final thoughts and arbitrary spider readings. This is where we rank the episode using whatever 
idiotic metric we can come up off the top of our heads. Kevin. I'm going to give this one 23 non-lethal ordinances out of 25. I genuinely love this episode. Uh, From start to finish, things are exciting. It's full of tension. The stakes are high across the board. And everything's on the table, like his personal relationship with Aunt May and MJ are in question, his safety with the Punisher who's trying to kill him, his sanity with his transformation, and his responsibility with Morbius. It's like everything that happens makes sense, and it flows from scene to scene. And then, of course, the reveal at the end where he changes into the Man-Spider is absolutely fantastic. Um, And we even get some science saves the day, some intelligent sleuthing from Spidey when he is trying to find the lab. My biggest gripe is that we spend a little bit too much screen time with the Punisher calling for munitions and, you know, rattling off numbers. And there is some egregious reuse of animation uh, that took me out of it, both with the explosion and that reuse of the origin story for no real reason. But that's ultimately fairly minor. So for me, it's a fantastic episode. That's fair. Uh, Peter, how about you? My spider rating for this episode is 7 out of 9 battle van functions. Uh, this episode had a lot of uh, stuff going on, but uh, I don't feel it paid the Punisher justice. It just made him feel very nerfed and a bit cartoony. And I get that that's what you want for a Saturday morning cartoon, but like, it just... It just didn't feel right for me, and it didn't really bring the um, brutality of the Punisher and what his character encompasses. The introduction of a new character it was awesome, as always, and Spider-Man's transformation was cool, so that's kind of what really redeemed this episode. Yeah, I really think they could have done the Punisher a lot better, but I understand how they had to go and nerf it for the uh, Saturday morning cartoon audience. And What about you, Vera? Oh yeah, for me, uh, I really enjoyed this episode, of course. Or you guys stated a lot of the things that I also enjoyed about it. Um, specifically, I'm always a big fan of the body horror aspect of the show, and of course, following up that great cliffhanger of him gaining an extra, you know, two sets of arms to now him going full man spider. The flashlight trope at the end really sold it for me. Yeah, your gripes about the Punisher is basically how I felt. Um, I could have used more microchip. You know, I want to see him do cool stuff. Uh, He was criminally underused in my opinion. And you should always respect your guy in the chair. So with that, I give the episode, um, I would say, seven liters of silicon fluid out of a possible eight. So with those critiques, let's dive into uh, what the headlines on the Daily Bugle are. He's supposed to have some big scoop. The moment all America has been waiting for. Today's issue with Bugle. Brock's big scoop. Eddie Brock's biggest scoop. Big news, too. That's unbelievable. Exactly how did you happen to get this? Spider-Man has finally turned into a gigantic monster. To help him, Dr. Crawford contacts Craven the Hunter. But... Will Craven get to Man Spider before the Punisher does? All right. Well, does anybody remember anything about this episode? I remember a wrestling match between Craven and Morbius. And I think Craven and Man Spider. I think he just wrestles his way through this episode. <laughs> I think this is just Craven's a wrestling. Are you saying that uh, Morbius meets his bear hug wrestling match in Craven? Yeah, I think that's his go-to. He likes to grab people and then throw them. 
He's a grappler. Yeah, I think I, I, I think I distinctly remember Man Spider webbing around, like, you know, web slinging, and it looking pretty goofy. It doesn't come out of his butt. It does not come out of his butt. Yeah, I was gonna say it should come out of his butt. So I actually remember quite a bit about this episode, but it's specifically the end, and I don't really want to talk about it, but know that I'm going to bring it up super hard next week because it was one of my sort of things that I kind of never forgot and continue to recite. So yeah, with that... We just uh, don't even bother to ask Peter anymore. (laughs) Peter, do you remember anything about this episode? <laughs> and on that note, we'll need to get our good hunting pelts back from the dry cleaner, but that's it for this one. As we said off the top, check us out online. All the links are on radioactivespiderpod.com. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends, family, and fellow reckless, nothing to lose mercenaries who've lost their wives. And if you love it, consider sharing it online, or rating it, and reviewing us on iTunes to help us get the show out there. We'll be back to you in two weeks with our next episode. Until then, keep swinging. Goodbye. Battle van. End episode. Puffs Plus, hit us up. Radioactive Spider Pod. Brought to you by Puffs Plus. Your dick deserves the best, young man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, gosh. Doesn't matter what orifice is oh, leaking. Jesus. It deserves comfort. Puffs Plus. There's lotion or something in there. <laughs>